So the last troops departed Afghanistan. But I am not one who believes that the last time we'll see troops in Afghanistan. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. I am one of the people who said that we sh- it's okay for us to leave. It's okay for us to be done. I am not in favor of the small forward footprint. Have I been forced to change my mind based on what it is we have seen? Well, the answer is I don't know. But I will tell you that I spend more time thinking about it than I would like because, well, I'm forced to do just that. One has to think about it. One has to think about whether or not foreign policy involves small footprints in a multiplicity of places to be able to ensure long-term American security. Certainly, when I hear things like this, I'm forced to think about it. Now, U.S. military flights have ended, and our troops have departed Afghanistan. A new chapter of America's engagement with Afghanistan has begun. It's one in which we will lead with our diplomacy. The military mission is over. A new diplomatic mission has begun. A diplomatic mission so with who? Plan. A diplomatic mission with who? The Taliban? The Taliban took a Black Hawk helicopter, took an Afghani who was believed to be an interpreter, hung him from the helicopter, and flew him around the city. That's Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, speaking there. What diplomatic mission do you think is actually happening? Who buys into this? These children, these children who we have in charge, they, and that's exactly what they are, no ability to run anything. They spent a lot of time in a faculty lounge fantasizing about the faculty lounge, and they think they've got it together. Brought to the United States from Afghanistan, a convicted rapist who was deported by President Trump got on one of the planes. But we have reporting that shows that women coming to the border, or I should say to the Kabul airport, they weren't able to get in. So convicted rapists won, and women zero. What kind of thing is this? What? What kind of what kind of thing is, is Joe Biden going to tell us, look at what a great job we did? He's scheduled to speak. Is he really going to take a victory lap? This dolt, if he takes a victory lap, do we, do we call him a psychopath or a sociopath? Because I honestly don't know which one it's supposed to be in this case. The whole report about the dogs, guys, I can't confirm it. I have, see, I have heard that we did, and I have heard that we didn't, and I'm not trying to take it either way. If you've got information, send it to me. Feel free. Twitter at Tony Katz. You can send it to Tony at TonyKatz.com. You want the story? I'll give you the story. We left dogs in crates behind. Dogs who, who worked with, with the U.S. military. We left them. We left them in crates, and there are pictures There are are pictures. Now, people are utilizing this in conjunction with a uh, a tweet from Hillary Clinton, February of 2021, just a few months ago. 
Don't vote for anyone you wouldn't trust with your dog. And the U.S. military, because of this hasty, nonsensical pullout, left dogs behind. You know what's funny? 13 dead U.S. service members. Uh, that will move some people. Abusing dogs? That's going to that's gonna move more people. I'm sorry, I don't get it. I'll never understand it. I only have to recognize that it is factual. It's factual. If a man abuses five children, we say that's disgusting. Michael Vick abuses dogs. They want him dead. It is the strangest, most peculiar thing that it continues to be witnessed. This might actually be the undoing of Joe Biden. Can you imagine? Not the Americans he left for dead. Not 13 dead U.S. service members with the dogs. And by the way, it's disgusting to have left the dogs. You, you, you left the dogs, you took the rapist. There's just, there's just absolutely, positively nothing that you could say about it. But it's being described right now. This is a very interesting tweet. Liz Mayer, who uh, worked with Rand Paul in 2013, uh, Rick Perry in 2012, um, she has a, a history of working with conservatives, a history of working with libertarians. Uh, we, we agree, we disagree, none of that matters. According to CNN, Biden is going to give a history lesson speech. Oh, my gosh. Producer Ari, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know the first rule of politics when you're giving a statement? Do you know that first rule? Uh, right, there's the rule of holes, and do you know what the rule of holes is? Uh, that you should only bury a hole, bury yourself in a hole you can get out of. The first rule of holes is stop digging. That's a good one, too. When you're in a hole, stop digging yourself into a hole. But there is a theory. And the theory goes as follows. Whenever you're talking about policy or, or, or anything else, if you're explaining, you're losing. It's one of the reasons uh, that, that the political right never learns. The left is so good at naming things, and the political right always has to explain why they want to kill grandma. Well, if you're explaining why you, 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 you don't want to kill grandma, you're, you're losing. Right? Isn't that how the left always says it? Remember, it was with Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan wants to push grandma off the cliff. Now Paul Ryan has to explain why he doesn't want to push grandma off the cliff. It would have been better if Paul Ryan had said to the first person who said, you want to push grandma off the cliff, hey, why don't you go to hell? It would have been better off if P90X Paul Ryan, Paul 90X, had walked up to one of these Democrats while they were on TV and punched him right in the nose. That would have ended grandma getting pushed off a cliff. What can I say? I know how to fight. But my gosh, he really thinks he can explain to us the history of Afghanistan and why this is better? You left Americans to die. There's nothing to explain. There's nothing to explain. Now, John Kirby, Pentagon's press secretary, and thank you, Teresa, for sending this to me. To correct erroneous reports, the U.S. military did not leave any dogs in cages. 
at the airport, including the reported military working dogs. Photos circulating online were animals under the care of the Kabul Small Animal Rescue, not dogs under our care. Okay. All right. Oh, I only hope for his sake he's right. He's going to explain history to us. He left Americans for dead. Noah Rothman is scheduled to be with us. Can a history lesson actually save Joe Biden? And is America really, really in a place where they're saying, you know what? We can't have this loser, this failure, this embarrassment in the White House any longer. That story is coming up. This right here, it's Tony Katz today. So Joe Biden President of the United States is going to speak to America. He's going to speak to America about what happened in Afghanistan. As some who are, are reporting, he may be giving a history lesson on Afghanistan and America's involvement. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz, everything at TonyKatz.com. Noah Rothman joins us right now from Commentary Magazine, Commentary.org, and NBC News. And Noah, few people have been rougher and tougher and more um, descriptive about Joe mm-hmm. Biden's failures and its and its uh, how it plays on the world stage uh, than you. But if you are taking a look at this, expecting Joe Biden uh, to speak, and he's already delayed once, he may very well delay again. You have Americans behind what I refer to as the Taliban line. You've left billions of dollars in hardware behind. You have Afghanis who are hanging from helicopters that are paraded around the city. What in the world? And you have 13 dead U.S. service members. What are you going to tell America when you take to the television camera? Uh, later what what do you say to these people i have no idea uh i've seen that report that you're describing some some suggesting that joe biden intends to give americans a history lesson um one of the themes that he's tried to strike in these successive speeches it's been several now on the disaster in afghanistan is that joe biden is not familiar with uh, any conflict in history in which everyone is removed from the battlefield when um, combat operations or anything resembling what we had in this uh, in Afghanistan forward but forward facing operation basically he's not familiar with any conflict when in which everybody gets out it just has never happened before in history um, it will be so craven so ahistorical um, such a manipulation of his audience and an insult to their intelligence that I fully expect that is exactly what we're going to be privy to. It would be exactly what we've been privy to, essentially insults to our intelligence, uh, assaults on our, our on the notion that this is some sort of a policy that Joe Biden has wanted for the last decade and a half, as though this wasn't something that he had been advocating for constantly. Uh, and, you know, this, the, the idea here that this is some great success and we should all be celebrating and would be if it wasn't all Donald Trump's fault. Um, it is incoherent, inconsistent. The, the president is presiding over a debacle. 
entirely of his own making. He seems aware of it, and he's just trying to carve out some way out of this box. Not the issue, mind you, but the news cycle. Whatever the news cycle is of the moment seems to be the entire focus of this White House, even at the expense of the issue. And they're losing on the issue. Now, the American public still supports the idea of getting out of Afghanistan, but not like that. So, and this has been, like, this is the moment on the bar stool when you put down the bourbon and say, son of a bitch, this is what I've been talking about. Everybody who is trying to defend Biden wants to talk about getting out of Afghanistan. And you've got Mehdi Hassan, uh, I think that's his name, on, on MSNBC talking about the importance of getting out of Afghanistan. You've got James Carville talking about uh, Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. He just told us what time it was in that Cajun accent. The issue is not getting out of Afghanistan. And you and I could very well dis- disagree about whether or not we should leave Afghanistan. It is about the how. A history lesson doesn't explain away the how, and we see more and more people saying that this is just simply an unacceptable moment. The whole idea, though, of if you're explaining, you're losing, right? That political axiom. If you're explaining, you're losing. If he goes about a history lesson of Afghanistan, that's who are the ears that listens to such a thing? Uh, people who are all probably already predisposed to nod along in agreement. Uh, I mean, he's to the extent they're focused on any sort of near term political objective. It's just keeping their guys in the tent. I mean, already they've lost independence. Most Republicans Pew survey came out today shows fewer than half of registered Democrats approve of the way this thing has been handled. Joe Biden's facing an insurrection on his own side. That's who they're talking to right now. They're just trying to give the troops some sort of uh, a point to rally around as they're being routed. Um, and in doing so, exposing that they view all this as just another news cycle, as just a political issue that they can talk their way out of. They have no comprehension of the whirlwind that I think they've unleashed already today and last night. We had um, painful, gut-wrenching stories of the American citizens, passport holders, who we left behind, who are scared for their lives, who are now going house to house in the dead of night to try to avoid the Taliban, some of whom already got their information from the Americans, American service members who fed this information to the Taliban in order to get them through checkpoints, which they were subsequently blocked from. Um, This notion, you know, uh, Jake Sullivan said, we didn't give anybody a kill list. We just gave, um, you know, people at the uh, Taliban at the the border the names of the people we wanted to get through. And if they didn't get through, then then that's that. So, yeah, he did give them the information that could be used as a kill list. He just didn't want it to be called that way. They're, um, They're playing this like it's a political issue, and it transcends politics. And I don't think they quite understand that. And when they finally come around to understanding that, it will be far too late to mitigate the damage, not just to Joe Biden's administration, but the Democratic Party's political brand. Talking to Noah Rothman of Commentary Magazine, commentary.org. Get the podcast, read the articles. You also see him on NBC News. Uh, I have people texting me, you know, as, as things develop in, in this world of COVID, I've had people say, can you believe what's happening? And I've had people who I know are, are Strong people say, can you really believe what's happening? Never have I received so many people reaching out, and I'll refer to it as an anecdotal way, right? Just, just people I know saying, do you believe we could actually live in a world where we would see Americans leaving Americans behind? 
There is simply no way to spin leaving Americans behind. And I have, uh, whether it's Jake Sullivan or whether it's the Pentagon press secretary, uh, John Kirby, or I have uh, the secretary of state, Anthony Blinken, all going about saying it's a to 200, maybe closer to 100, maybe it's actually more. We don't have an exact number. And still no conversation of how these people are going to be taken out of Afghanistan. You were the first person I had read to refer to them as hostages. I would agree that they are hostages. The question is, what options does Joe Biden have from his own political side to getting these people out? Well, what option do you have in a hostage crisis? You have two. You can execute an operation to forcefully remove those hostages or you can ransom them away. Those are your only two options. And this administration has all but ruled out the former, which leaves the latter. Um, And reports have indicated, and I'd be surprised if money hadn't changed hands already, but reports have indicated that the Biden administration is dangling everything from economic assistance to diplomatic recognition in order to get some of these people out. But as, as you said, you know, the official government estimate, just of American citizens, passport holders, is 100 to 250, which I think is probably quite low. But nevertheless, that is their estimate. What they are deliberately excluding now, even the reporting in the Washington Post indicates, excluding legal permanent residents, green card holders. Now, those are people for whom this is their permanent home. They live here. Their families are here. Their jobs are here. Their bank accounts are here. They are Americans in all but citizenship. In fact, they probably would be citizens or will be citizens in the near term. Um, Thousands of them, to say nothing of visa holders and visa-eligible applicants, the people who helped us over the course of this 20 years of war, including Joe Biden, the president of the United States. There's a letter in the Wall Street Journal from somebody who literally saved the life of Joe Biden as a senator and two other senators on a on a mission there begging for assistance. Uh, those people are still stranded and probably will be stranded for the foreseeable future. There's just no mechanism to get them out. We didn't have a mechanism to get them out while we were on the ground. I don't know what they think they're going to do now. They don't know what they think they're going to do now. Again, all they're doing is trying to navigate their way out of a bad news cycle, finding themselves in a worse news cycle, and trying to navigate their way out of that. They are, they're scrambling and flailing, and I don't know why – Democrats and people who are dependent on this administration for some sort of political identity or political capital think they have to flail with them. Carve out your own space here. Make a little hole for yourself where you can say, "Okay, Joe Biden's wrong on this one, because that's going to be your cover for the next three years. This issue isn't going away. It's only going to get worse. And the notion that it disappears in the next, you know, the next election cycle to me is just fanciful. Now, let me uh, take you to. What happened soon after the murder, uh, as I refer to it, my word, of 13 U.S. service members, we saw drone attacks on these ISIS-K militants. And we got uh, a vehicle that was carrying explosives and maybe it was actually carrying uh, children. Um, And different people will give you different reports, even though CENTCOM did say they were looking into whether or not civilians were injured in this attack. For a nation that doesn't have any intelligence assets on the ground, how in the world were we able to even consider such a move? And why is it that there are people out there in, in, the, in the world, like, for example, Philip Mudd of CNN and some others saying we still have intelligence on the ground? Do we have any intelligence in Afghanistan? Well, 
I, I can't speak to that with any authority. I want to be careful about what I say because there's a lot I don't know, and I want to be clear about what I don't know. Uh, and what a lot of us don't know. I don't know what kind of intelligence assets we have on the ground. I don't know what kind of reliability they are. Um, and I suspect that we shouldn't know that information. If we did, those intelligence assets would be far less uh, useful. There is a fair amount of, I think, justified suspicion that the actionable intelligence we're getting comes now from the Taliban, which could be you know, t- completely above board or could simply be – uh, grudge, you know, uh, uh, an effort on the part of Taliban uh, operatives to execute a execute a grudge uh, against individuals within this organization, and we have no way to check that out. The the, intelli- the value of this intelligence is somewhat dubious. Um, uh, to the extent that we know what happened, there was this obviously the suicide attack on Thursday, to which we responded hours later with a strike on the individuals described by the Pentagon as people who planned this attack. Now we still don't have their names, as far as I'm aware. Which breaks from protocol. If you have a really high-profile target that you uh, assassinate, the Pentagon does tend to release information about that individual, and we still don't have that yet, which is a little suspicious. The second strike executed uh, in Kabul, an imminent attack apparently, uh, reportedly set off a secondary explosion. Um, which was an ind- indicative of that we hit our target. And in the course of that a secondary explosion, and the Pentagon doesn't deny this, they don't confirm it, but they don't deny it because they don't have the information, that resulted in the casualty, uh, the uh, 10 civilian fatalities, including seven children. Now, if all of that is accurate, it still suggests that our quote-unquote over-the-horizon strategy here, which is just basically executing drone-based strikes from bases in the Persian Gulf using dubious intelligence on the ground, is really not sufficient to the scope and scale of the mission, at least the mission Joe Biden outlined on Thursday afternoon in the wake of the murder of 13 Americans, that we would execute strikes at a time and place of our choosing. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down. Um, unless that was all just a, a bold-faced lie – and this operation is over now, um, we do not have sufficient capabilities to execute the kind of attacks on our adversaries who have killed us, who killed Americans, that we want to. And, and, you know, briefly, back to Joe Biden's statement, all his statements right now have been tonally insufficient to this moment because he doesn't communicate resolve when he comes out to this podium and says, we've been attacked, we've been humiliated, I'm going to avenge, you know, our Americans. He communicates sadness. He's He's sad. He's regretful. He's mourning. Americans don't want to be sad when they've been attacked. They want to be mad. They want to get revenge. And Joe Biden does, can't strike that kind of tone. And it's very impressive to everybody in the Democratic ether, including the press, how empathetic he is. But Americans don't want empathy with their attackers. They want, yeah, they want resolve. Them. They, they, they absolutely want resolve. Talking to Noah Rothman of Commentary Magazine. Now that you bring this up about Biden and, and how he does not understand uh, the, the moment, the question becomes, what is his future? Now, as much as people want to say impeach Joe Biden, whether it's Congresswoman Jackie Walorski of Indiana or Congresswoman uh, uh, Lauren Boebert uh, of Colorado, I'm not actually seeing that in any place where it's, it's gaining ground in a seriousness where even some Democrats would come on board and say, okay, this guy's got to go. But they wouldn't go for impeachment. They would go for resignation. Is there anyone out there of seriousness? And I'm not calling Representative Walorski or Boebert not serious, and that's not my point. Is there any serious maneuvers out there to say to Joe Biden, yeah, this, this is going to end badly. It's time to walk away and blame it on your health. 
I, I don't think so. Um, that would be the end of the, this administration, and it would probably doom the party's prospects in 2024, which is all anybody cares about. Um, and I'm also not of the mind that uh, uh, impeachment is a remedy for maladministration, at least, and nor were the founders, frankly. In the Federalist Papers, uh, they were very mindful of the case of a, a British admiral who was hung for poor performance on the battlefield. Um, we don't do that sort of thing in the United States. Impeachment is a remedy for corruption, not bad government. Uh, those are two very distinct things. Um, resignation, however, is a whole other matter of which I, I'm of the mind that we should very seriously consider at this stage. Uh, nevertheless, I don't foresee that happening. Noah Rothman, commentary, magazinecommentary.org, NBC News. Uh, always a pleasure, Noah, and we'll catch you again after we hear what President Biden has to say. Good to talk to you. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I have been trying to figure out what is it that Joe Biden can say that allows him to turn the conversation, that allows him to say to America, this is absolutely the right thing and things are better than you think and here's why. And here's why you should still have faith in me and here's why I am clearly the best person to be commander in chief or even come close to it. I can't do it. I have been on this subject for days, and I cannot do it. As a matter of fact, I can't even start it. I cannot begin the conversation that allows Joe Biden to engage America in a way that America is thankful that he's there. I may hate him, but I'm glad he's there. I can't even do that. I work at being able to separate out my own personal angers with taking a look at something politically and how does it play out? I can't do it. To that end, I can't even believe Joe Biden is going to speak to the nation because there is no win. None. Zero. Less than zero. The first rule of holes is to stop digging. I don't see how he can stop. And part of the reason is because he doesn't think he's digging himself a hole. He thinks he's building himself a sandcastle. And he's going to show it to all of us and we're just going to be amazed. I don't think that's the case. Do you? I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.